Welcome, welcome, welcome to Nodes in the Net, a weekly tangential irreverent conversation that caters to the interests of liminal trickster mystics like you and like Automic. Atomic? Automic? Otto is a longtime friend of the show. He's been on before. He is the influencer that you may be familiar with from TikTok, and he has influenced me. Uh, to uh, become a more liberated and enlightened individual. It's always a pleasure, a joy, and a privilege to get to talk to Otto as the kind of person who, you, uh, no matter what, you leave the conversation feeling like 20 times more powerful, potent, and enlightened, as I said, than you entered it. And it's really a fantastic sensation that everyone should get to enjoy. Uh, but I'm the lucky person who does. Yay! <laughs> I'm so grateful to Otto for becoming a node twice over. And I know you're going to love this conversation. Uh, before we get started with it, I just want to uh, plug a few things, of course. The Creek Mason Substack is growing quickly. So if you're not subscribed, please do. That's at creekmasons.substack substack.com uh, you can also find all the links to uh, get in touch with Otto you can uh, reach out to him on TikTok or at least just watch his videos they are enlightening and entertaining in the very best way so you can find links to uh, to Otto's content at creekmissions.substack.com as well and you can find essays I'm publishing weekly essays on the blog in addition to podcast episodes, and if you're not reading them, you're kind of missing out because I have a lot of fun writing them, and I have to assume that they are enjoyable to read as well. Uh, so before we get started with this episode, I am going to read you a brief snippet from the most recent entry on the Creek Mason's blog, which is about Jung. It is an essay about the commodification of Jung that the Silicon Valley product designers have enabled through their algorithmic recommendation technology. And, you know, the first, it's going to be a three-part essay. The first example I'm going to give is from uh, the prevalence of synchronicities that you can find via recommendation algorithm. Uh, Everything seems to be a synchronicity when you are using these causal connecting mechanisms. Jung called synchronicity an a-causal connecting mechanism, but there actually are causal connecting mechanisms underwriting the illusion of synchronicity that is perpetrated by these recommendation algorithms. So I'm going to read a quick bit of that essay, and then we're going to jump right into this delightful, heartwarming conversation with my good friend Otto. Uh, So won't you please stick around and enjoy. The difference between meaningful synchronicity and meaningless coincidence is simply the mental energy spent bathing in wonder over the improbability of the event. Our brains were built to recognize patterns. Understanding the underlying patterns governing how our prey migrated and where they grazed kept our ancestors well fed. Reading the weather from a sniff of the air or the presence of a predator from lichen unevenly scuffed across a river stone kept them safe. So we get a hit of dopamine when we uncover a hidden connection between apparently unrelated events. This is our brain's way of trying to motivate us to seek more patterns, a reward for our attentiveness and spur toward further exploration. 
You're welcome to an explanation of synchronicity that relies on ripples reverberating through a fabric of consciousness connecting everything in the universe and changing things locally when there is action at a distance. In fact, I wholeheartedly endorse playing with that level of woo. Sometimes I'm swayed by it myself. Still, this other explanation is more accessible. This dopamine mechanism doesn't only reward pattern recognition, it encourages it. With dopamine flooding the brain, neurons that aren't wired together can still be encouraged to fire together, literally forming connections between unrelated concepts. Algorithm-driven social media apps hijack this dopamine circuitry in order to achieve their target metrics of stickiness and behavioral modification. So I, I go into deeper detail in, about that in the essay, of course, which you can read at creekmasons.substack.com. Uh, but let's call the intro done here. Enjoy this episode with Otto. I always, uh, you know, I like kind of surprise people with that a little bit. And sometimes I worry <laughs> that it it might be like a little bit too right out of the gates intense. Uh, but thank you. I, the reason I do it is because I'm so appreciative of you joining me and and for you becoming a node twice over. Yeah. Double node. Double node. You know, it's really funny. I, this is like the first thing I want to dive right in. Uh, yeah. you, you posted a video recently that was a reply to a comment where someone used the phrase nodes in the net to describe like some aspect of your uh, philosophy. Yeah. Uh, and I like, I traced the comment train and I've, you know, been like binging your videos, which I love of course. And uh, I couldn't find like you referring to this podcast and so I, I was like, is this just a coincidence? And it was yeah. like right around the time that we were uh, talking. Yeah. So like, I don't know, like, do you remember that comment? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it was, it was Haley something, someone who I interact every now and then with. And I think there was oh, yeah. a back and forth. And yeah, she brought up that idea i think it was just in comment and i remember actually i i i've i don't know my phone is full i'm not so good at technology and i think one of i was responding to it at one point and i think it either it didn't work or or i said something that didn't make sense and i and i re-edited it but in one of my versions i don't think it's the one i posted mm. i mentioned you i mentioned you know yeah. oh you should actually you, you know jump over here to see uh Jeff over here but anyway it, yeah it was very interesting because we were talking about it and I was like it's it's funny because that this person used these terms about my philosophy or how I think about things or or at least in relation to mm -hmm. my philosophy or whatever and and it, it is it's there's so many things like that that 
that happened to me that a lot of people that are around me are like, oh, well, look at this. Isn't that really something? And I'm like, it is. And it happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's well, it's those, um, the other video, I think it's like your top pinned video right now, mm. uh, your explanation of reincarnation. And you've got like the, I think it's a, it's a great metaphor. Um, mm. but I think that the sink water is, uh, like the medium in which all of these, you know, different thoughts are swimming. And then, you know, you and me are talking and that's now in the sink and then someone yeah. else uh, encounters one of your videos on TikTok, and so that's in the sink. And then, yeah. like in her comment, somehow our water gets into her. Do you want to maybe like exp- expand on that? Because I'm sure I'm not doing a good job explaining the the metaphor. Even no, I don't know, and it might even change as I <laughs> re-experience it in this moment, but. But yeah, just there, there is, and, and someone else brought up a, a term, a lot of times, like, I think about things, and then someone will bring up a concept, and I don't even fully research it, I just relate to it how it feels to me, but it's this concept of, I think it's Rupert Sheldrake is the name of the person who's coined this philosophy of um, uh, morphic resonance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you've probably heard of that. And yeah. And, and I don't know if it's the same thing, but basically there's, it, and you could even bring into that a little bit of, um, uh, oh, what is it, you know, almost the, the other side of the coin of that kind of thing that's like, you know, well, of course you're seeing blue cars everywhere because you just bought a blue car, so now you're thinking about blue cars and all of this sort of thing, right? But yeah. at the same time, there's, so it's like, yes, that, and there's just something about you're talking to doing a podcast of nodes in the net and then someone brings up literally these phrases of nodes and and all that Mm -hmm. and so it's like yeah like i'm definitely noticing it more maybe but still that's pretty specific and yeah (laughs) you know so there's just a lot of in terms of that bringing that tying in the, the the sync reference of almost how i see it also connects to this book i saw i think you know I read, you know, um, Paulo Coelho, I think it's the alchemist mm. author. He wrote one maybe 10 years ago or so called Aleph. And it's, I think it's meant to be semi-autobiographical or some biographical. But it also speaks to this concept in a way of um, not so much reincarnation in terms of like, I was lit. I, my being, my soul was this particular soul back in time. And now it's this one. And now it's this one. And now it's this one, but almost more like the soul soup. At least (laughs) this is my interpretation of it and how I feel is of the soul soup that, that I am uh, resonating with the aspects of the soup in this moment, I'm relating to more of specific characters, but it's not that I specifically was these characters more than other characters, but, Mm. but something within my soul being is more in that archetype. Maybe, maybe that's where you bring an archetype. And so it's not so much about specific individuals, but 
I'm in the phase of my life that is archetypically more of these characters. And, and it, so it's almost like you can, I feel like your soul is resonant with even in different moments, whole people groups or, or yeah, the archetype more than, than specifically the specific individuals throughout time. Yeah. Right. Right. And it, it almost feels more like instead of, um, you know, like a ghost, like I, I got the sheet ghost behind me here, uh, <laughs> like a, a ghost sort of like floating from one body to another. And it's, uh, you know, like maybe, yeah, you forget your previous body when you're a baby or maybe, I don't know, there's some really weird evidence that like children under four, if you have a child under four, I would love Mm. you know anyone listening to reach out to me after they ask like where were you before you were here that's like what you're (laughs) supposed to uh, ask now and don't ask any leading questions just be uh, totally open to it and some huge portion of kids are able to say like oh yeah you know they describe the bardo and Mm. they describe you know uh, lives that they experienced before this but i think that sort of the the soup is that's a really good metaphor for it where it's um it sort of seems to be well the metaphor i've been using lately is it's like a field like gravity almost that just Mm -hmm. pervades all matter everything is you know consciousness is everywhere and then when it like encounters a brain and a body or um or i don't know anything like a thermostat uh Mm. that like that consciousness sort of expresses itself through the complicated biological and and Mm. physical mechanisms that are available to it in the neurochemistry and the, you know, electricity and all of that. And, um, and so there's like a node that I, the, (laughs) the way you describe it is perfect with the water, like kind of vacuums up out of the Mm. sink with the glass held upside down, like, the soul field, I guess, is, you know, what I, what I like to call it or what I've heard it called does seem to be something that, uh, that exists uh, like apart from us that we, I don't know, that we maybe return to it. It's, it's, yeah, it's a fun thing to think about. My question to you is like, Mm -hmm. if that is, um, true, you know, if we are reincarnating in this way, does it change anything about the way you want to like live your life or what, like, what does it, what does it make you want to do? Yeah. Interesting question. Um, I think part of me wants to take that to my, uh, non-definitive uh, understanding of like the Bhagavad Gita or something and uh, yeah. <laughs> Krishna is speaking to Arjuna and sort of saying yeah. like you basically like you just have to fulfill your role here like right. it was my takeaway like you know play 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 it out play out your, your hand your embodiment um, with with gusto almost. And, and that's p- also part of what I love about, you know, I love conceptualizing in terms of play a lot. Um, uh, because 
what else is there to do in a way? It's like play, play around with the ideas, play around with your identity, with your relationship to reality as much as you want to. And if, and if you want, and if you don't want to, then you play at being very serious and very, this is who I am. Don't tell me I'm multiple things. Then yeah. play that. And that's a beautiful thing too. Right. Yeah, that's that's one of the themes I think in your uh, in your you know the content that you put out is like there's there's kind of like no wrong way to do it like yeah uh, I think that one of the things one of the other videos that really stood out to me was this guy who was like everything needs to be integrated including the shadow. And you you made this really fun point that like in saying that everything needs to be integrated, you're implying that there's uh, an alternative which you are mm. choosing not to integrate, which is that you know stop integrating things, right? And right. so the like I love that so much. But the uh, the message behind this is like whatever you feel called to do with your incarnation, you know, like yeah. um, whatever experiences are like thrown your way, you know, whatever traumas or habits or uh, relationships or whatever opportunities that you experience, um, you kind of just got to like, you know, do, do what's in front of you. And, uh, and I don't know, like maybe you bring some of that like awareness of soul into it. And in some way Mm -hmm. that changes the experience of it. Or, um, or maybe, I mean, like some people are probably a hundred percent content not doing that. And that's, you know, that's yeah the lesson that they've incarnated to learn through, you know? Yeah. I think that's beautiful too. Like that's, that's the interesting thing. Even, you know, every now and then someone will, you know, I'll, I make all kind of random silliness and, you know, sometimes someone will bring a little, you know, Hey, you, you man child. Someone said some comment about you're, you're just a man child or something like this. And, <laughs> and, you know, and a couple of people might jump to my defense a little bit. And to me, I'm like, yeah, no, I, I, I am. I agree. Like there's nothing to, to dispute in a way. Like, <laughs> um, and, yeah. and, and I love that about me and that there's things about that, that I'd like to change or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't even, I don't know. I, I like playing with how to interact in a in an outside of the box way, um, or outside of the, the the traditional norms of how you respond, I just love almost like you talked about in the beginning. I kind of jump into it and see what happens. Like, I love that. Like, I I I also in a way a little bit feel like I've spent time with um, some people with with Alzheimer's, and mm. I kind of feel like that's how I live my life. Is like I don't know what to expect. Like a lot of people are like, here's, here's what to expect when you connect with someone or when you do this. And I'm like, I have no idea. So I'm just going to improv it effectively. (laughs) I don't know what we're doing. I don't know why I'm talking to a phone and this lovely human being. I don't know what we're going to say. And yeah. Or what comes next or who knocks on the door or, or whatever. It's just, it's sort of, it's a little bit MacGyver too. Like I just interact with it based on what's in front of me and, 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 and it, it ties me back to you. Br- you brought up um, two things I wanted to mention. You brought up ask your children uh, if under four or whatever uh, about where they came from, and my wife did this with my daughter. I, I recall this every now and then. 
because I had a reframing of what she said, possibly. It's all paradoxical thinking, but uh, my wife asked this of my daughter, and she had this great answer. She loved going to the mall because there was a those little kind of puffy playground things, and, and that was one of her places she loved to go to the mall at a certain age. We didn't go that often, but it was just... Yeah. So anyway, so my wife asked her, and, and she goes, where did you come from? And she said, the mall. And... <laughs> We love that answer. Like, what a great answer. I came from the mall. But then one day I was walking and I was thinking about these kinds of things. Where did we all come from? And the sink and the cosmic soup and all this stuff. And, and I heard what she said in my head popped, popped up again. And before I heard the mall, and now I heard them all. I came Ooh. from them all. And I don't know what she meant or whatever. Probably <laughs> the mall. But I just experienced it like, oh, I came from them all. Yeah. And that was just a different sensation to it. And, and, and again, I'm not saying what she meant or didn't mean, but it was just another way of playing with where did we come from? We came from them all. And, you know, when you throw in time and all of that, like, like there's a great um, video, I think it's from YouTube, but I saw it on TikTok where like, you know, this being is like, died and is you know this boy or something and is is meeting sort of what he thinks of as god and and he has this whole thing of like well you know do i get to go back like what happens now and he and it's sort of this thing of like oh sure you know yeah you'll go back you know this time you might be a a, a peasant in ancient yeah. china or something you probably saw yeah, this. Yeah, yeah yeah i love it yeah yeah the egg. And, and it's, it, uh it's the egg by andy weir yes yes yeah. exactly and it's like this idea that, oh no, you're all of the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're just everyone in different moments. You're only interacting with yourself. And it's not like, from my perspective, well, that's true. Everybody, you better believe this is what's happening. It's more like, what a beautiful model and what's the difference? Mm. Like, like, what's the difference between that concept and no, no, we're all separate. We get our one shot. And then you're gone, you're erased. Like, what's the difference? I don't even know what it would be. It's like the same thing. It's not like I'm trying to convince someone that's the reality. It's like, there's no difference between that and the other thing in my yeah. paradoxical thinking, you know? Yeah, there's, there is no difference, except like if I'm, uh, if there's like some kind of cyclical nature to time or something like that, and I'm, Every person I'm encountering is me. Maybe I want to be a little bit nicer to them, you know, because later on right. I've got to like live uh, my abuse through their eyes, right? right, or, right. You know, uh, yeah. Not that I'm an abuser, obviously, but like the yeah. the it's. Uh, have you heard of uh, Doctor Eben Alexander? No, uh, it's this. It's wonderful, dude. He was. Uh, uh, neurosurgeon until he had a near death experience and he had like bad meningitis. So his brain was like completely fried and turned off. And he uh, was like, he, he had this near death experience where he like went into the, he calls it like the Valley of love or something like that. And, and he's mm. like flying on a butterfly and like encountering other versions of himself and stuff. Mm. And, uh, and there's this thing he, he experienced called the life review where you kind of live your life again, except instead of 
like living it through your own experience. You're uh, seeing everything that you've done through the lens of like the emotional impact that it's creating on the people around you. Mm. And it's Mm. supposed to like give you like, you know, a compassionate insight and there's like remorse. And the whole thing though is in this envelopment of like unconditional positive regard, like just pure unconditional Mm. love. Mm. Um, And apparently like these features are, there's like differences in the imagery, but the uh, the general like narrative arc of people who have near death experiences are is pretty similar, and yeah. because even Alexander is a doctor of neuroscience, mm. he's like sort of uniquely qualified to talk about like, you know, it was brain death, and you know, and before this happened, he was a a nihilist, you know, like a mm. your standard scientific materialist. When we die, that's it, you know, kind yeah. of guy. Um, and so I guess, yeah, I mean, it, like it shifted him off onto a whole different timeline, a whole different trajectory for his life when he came back and, and, uh, you know, wanted to like tell that story and find research of other people who have experienced similar things. It's also his book living in a mindful universe is also where I got that story about, um, you know some ridiculous number of kids. I I wish I could remember the exact statistic Mm -hmm. who like are able to say like, yes, I, I remember, you know, things that happened before I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the point I'm trying to make, I don't remember, but I drew the nine of pentacles. (laughs) So maybe this is a time uh, to transition into that. Uh, I think it's very, uh, very aligned with what we've been talking about. The Nine of Pentacles is, uh, you know, it's a well-dressed woman, you know, kind of like fancy robe. And uh, she's in like a la- a lush, you know, lavish garden. She's doing like the Disney princess thing. And a little birdie is landing on her finger. <laughs> and uh, it's Pentacles. So it's the earth suit. So this is like, um, and it's right near the end. The 10 is the top card in, in pentacles. And so this is like, she's kind of um, experienced like her wishes have come true. The, mm. the plans that she's attempted to manifest have come to fruition. And that's like the garden around her. Mm. And it's a, it's a card that tells a story of like abundance and luxury and self-sufficiency, financial independence. And um reversed it can indicate like self-worth uh maybe over investment in work like kind of hustle culture you know um the grind set as they say mm-hmm. um but uh but there's something about this like kind of like uh wish come true uh feeling of like you know abundance of the universe that i think is aligned with this concept of, you know, infinite reincarnation where there's, there's something abundant about like, yeah, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to necessarily worry if things aren't going your way right now because it's right. infinite and you know what I mean? Does that bring yeah. anything for you? <sighs> yeah. I mean, I think, I definitely have resistance to hustle culture in a way like 
Like, mm. same. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's not. I I I don't know. I, I probably will cease to be uh, as verbose as I can be because it's a it's something I I wrestle with is my mind the way that it diverges from mm. s- what seemingly ordinary minds is i feel perpetual abundance in mm. in so many ways that that even it's like oh we lost the house we lost everything there's nothing like oh but the sun is shining on me and it's not like i'm trying to spin it it's like no no like that's phenomenal <laughs> like <laughs> yeah so del- and 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 even nicer is when there's just something to stand in that gives shade when it's too hot like like that's a that's just bomb that's just incredible and and even better when there's just something we can find to nibble on and and then everything above that like I'm, I'm almost I find myself almost more overwhelmed like there's just so much even in the room I'm sitting in, there's just, there's just way more than enough. And, and there's something about, well, you know, we can work harder and we can have more and we can have more savings and we can have more security and we can be more assured and that'll give us peace. And for me, it's like, I don't like, I'm, that gives me anxiety. (laughs) Like (laughs) I'm at peace with very little, I'm at peace with very little and I'm at peace with, with, it's fine if there's more, if just the way the ordinary course of life, but it's like, if the goal is to create more, to create peace and safety and and, and abundance or whatever, I don't know. It's like, it's, we're already there. I think that for me feels like the myth. It's like you're, it's already abundant. And part of that I may have shared in the last one, just because it's something that's so fascinating to me, but you know, I spent time on an archeology span site in Israel and, and there was this moment we had where, we went to uh, Masada, which is an interesting historical place. But in that, there was, we were walking through Herod's palace, and they still had these jars that were almost as tall as me, maybe maybe five and a half feet tall, six feet tall, mm. these big jars. And, they, and it was the storeroom, and this was, this was Herod's palace, like his getaway palace, his place of safety, <laughs> his like, holiday place. And there yeah. was there was bathhouses up on this mountain overlooking the Dead Sea, incredible. And it's like, and they're like, "Ooh, in here is jars of apples from Macedonia and pears from <laughs> blah blah blah, and 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 all these things." And this is, you know, boy, look at the luxury he lived under. And I'm like, wow. And then like, there's this moment that clicks where I'm like, but I live in the middle of the desert, and I can walk across the street and get fresh. <laughs> in the gas station, get fresh fruit, vegetables. Yeah. Right. I'm like, wait a second. There's, there's this like break of the, the, the amount of time that has transpired where I have a device that I can like beep, bop, boop. And it's like the library of Alexandria and my fingertips oh, here, yeah. like, and more. And, and somehow my brain is programmed to say, but you're, you don't have much. You don't have enough. There's so many people with so much more. And yeah. I'm comparing my life to the life of someone that had the most stuff I can think of. And I'm like, he didn't even have a mechanical uh, horse thing that he just pours a little bit of 
liquid tree juice and gets to drive all over the wherever he wants. He doesn't even have that. Yeah. He can't just pay a few hundred dollars, a few hours worth of work and hop on a plane and fly anywhere. Like, holy moly, I'm way, he would trade for my life in a minute. And yet yeah. in my brain, I'm just a little schmo. And it's so, there's such a relativity mindset of, of wealth. And I'm like, I'm, the richest, if I could take my life back in time, just a few hundred years, I'm the richest person anyone knows. Mm. And yet I don't feel it. And that's yeah. so strange. It is strange. I I read um, somewhat recently that the number of people that like the average American has available to them for like service type work, you know, like the yeah. number of like cooks at any moment I could go to any number of restaurants and there's, you know, I have, I have more food options yeah. and like people I, I could, you know, I could hire a maid. I could all, all sorts of like service industry stuff. I have like my own doctor basically. And yeah. you know, all of this, um, uh, it's comparable to like King Louis of France. Right. Like that's, that's, you know, the richest person of his time, the most powerful person of his time. And yeah. he had, you know, a palace full of cooks that would make him whatever he wanted. And still yeah. probably some of the steak that I've had because of like advances in technology is like tastier than the best thing that he's right. ever eaten, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so yeah. that's like, it's a crazy thing to think about. And like, obviously, um, you know, like tying it back to the the whole thing at the beginning, it, if people are like motivated to play the status games and to play mm -hmm. the, the wealth games, and that feels true to their experience, you know, they grew up with like true lack and they need to like um, develop security as a result of that. Like, sure. Yeah. You know, do that too. Um, I, I can, I can empathize with that experience. I can definitely, you know, but like I was super fortunate to kind of grow up middle-class and to remain middle-class, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and maybe the middle-class is going away or whatever, or the apocalypse is coming and we'll, we'll all be working on our own farms again, but there's something a little romantic about that too, to be honest, Sure, uh, that like self-sufficiency and connection to the land and, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I almost wonder whether our feelings of self-worth would be improved in a post-apocalyptic society where we're like, we know all of our neighbors and we, you know, barter with them. Like I've got apples from my tree. Do you want, you know, could you give me a jar of sugar or whatever, you know, jar yeah. of honey from your bees, you know, yeah. like might that actually... Uh, create a sense of like, because my neighbor has my back, I'm enough, you know, mm. in a way that like right now I have to, I have to like earn the care that I'm getting from the service industry. I have to like, mm. I have to put in hours at a job that maybe is not like the number one thing that I would love to be doing with my, you know, finite number of hours on earth or whatever in this incarnation. And so uh, I have to have like this, this paper and then the paper says like the, the paper proves that I'm enough to deserve to eat or whatever. 
yeah. whereas I don't know in this like fantasy utopian post-apocalyptic commune that I'm envisioning <laughs> I could like <laughs> I could just uh, rely on my tribe and and you know we've all got each other's backs if one person makes it we all make it and it, if if one person mm-hmm. goes hungry you know there's there's an expression I think it's the piraha who who don't have like a concept of time so much so they don't like build granaries and like save for mm-hmm. the winter and they believe that the 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 like quote from the guy who was like you know embedded with them and living with them he was asking you know if you don't have an idea of the future what do you do with your food where do you store your food and the guy says the best place to store my food is in the br- the belly of my brother mm-hmm. right and yeah. and beautiful. that like that groundedness in the in the present moment is yeah. maybe maybe there's maybe there's more self-worth available to us you know in the, in the present rather than uh, y- oriented toward what we might, you know, acquire with more savings and more hard work and more hustle and, yeah, you know, like that's, yeah. yeah, it's always a future point, you know, like, right. Keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. And I, it's something that's so there's been a lot of um, conversations around for me, like with the, with the collective of my experience around like sort of like, where do, where do these, ideas come from maybe like it's it's beauty standards and maybe it's your uh Mm. your 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 family were immigrants and they were you know not treated so well because they were poor so you so your grandmother uh really put an effort to cleanliness and beauty and stuff like that and then and then and then that got passed down and internalized as as shame if you aren't really well made up in all of this and then that was passed down to you and you know, and, and someone's always looking in the, you know, your mother's always looking in the mirror or something and saying, oh, I, I look like garbage unless they've got all this, you know, makeup on or whatever. And, and then you internalize your self-worth in that way. And, and these different, like, all of these different patternings of, like you brought up almost self-worth, like maybe in this po- post-apocalyptic place, I can have a different sense of self-worth. And, and I feel like in a way, that's the opportunity <laughs> that is always upon us in a way the apocalyptic experience can just be your life when you release <laughs> those standards right yeah. like and that is an apocalypse like my self-worth isn't that i bring in this amount of money or isn't that you know my dad thinks i'm a stand-up guy or isn't that i'm whatever the the current favored labels of self-identification are like my self-worth is something else and and that is apocalyptic and 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 finding peace in that in your own um self-worth ironically it's like it's like everyone will tell you hey uh, you know maybe or maybe they will or they won't but 
this idea of like you ought to th- you 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 ought to recognize what you're worth. You got to, you mm. ought to see yourself in a better light or or whatever. Yeah. And then I saw some TikTok where someone was like, "But then you do." And they're like, "Hold on now." <laughs> <laughs> like pull yeah. that back a little bit. You went too far. And there's mm. something to that. Um don't don't go too far with it. Don't really think you're really, you know, worth something on your own. Like, and there's something about that that's very natural. It's like we are a community. Don't go beyond the community. But at the same time, what do you do when the community isn't that healthy? Isn't that whole? Um, be yeah. it be it the community of your family environment or or whatever it is or the capitalistic uh, whatever all of this stuff, patriarchal yeah. and all that. You know, what do you, how do you uh, go out of it, but, but love the human, like almost like love the sinner and not the sin of their uh, acceptance of all of the, you know, all of these ways of internalizing their self-worth and all of that. And it's a fascinating thing um, to sort of, I think, oh, one of the, one of the, TikToks that just popped into my brain. The name sometimes just the names are so powerful. Like people put a lot of thought into it, and it's like decolonizing love, and yeah, uh, you know, just ideas like that. Um, decolonizing self worth, or there's a lot of, and it, it it can be expensive to feel expensive to allow yourself to re-envision yourself as having self-worth that's very more much more intrinsic instead of um based on what you do or don't do and it's a very different it's a different experience it's one that i've probably been on the journey of for for many years and in terms of it it can with certain people feel alienating or or misunderstood or judged or yeah it's interesting but it can be apocalyptic like that was that was kind of my i like playing with that like that that yeah. is it's can be its own apocalypse you know right yeah yeah the apocalypse is available to all of us if if we want it <laughs> right yeah. and it it yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be like you know uh, pack up your things and go into the wild and, you know, right. live like Thoreau in, in by Walden Pond or whatever, you know, there's, um, there's kind of a, um, I don't, I wanted to say there's a Walden that like is the present moment, right? Yeah. It, in a way that, you know, you can, um, you can like sink into the now and, and really, uh, abandon all of the ideas that society is like you know the the capitalist white supremacist patriarch colonialist uh you know all of the all of the horrible isms that guide dominator culture to be extractive and exploitative yes. and you know uh demeaning and diminishing and you know all of all of that stuff there's i guess uh what is the the quote from V for Vendetta is like there, there's a last inch that's available to each of us that can't be taken away. And, uh, and that's true, but you know, also I don't want to, uh, 
I don't want to like maybe live that uh, divorced from other people. I don't, I, I don't necessarily want to like be in a position where I'm like, like one of the things in this card is, is self-sufficiency mm-hmm. uh, and like self-reliance. And I think that like one of my big points here is that a, a, a thing that we're missing is reliance on others. Yeah. I think that we, our like, our concept of our intrinsic self-worth is buoyed by other people needing things from us, right? Like real things that are material and important. Like, I don't know, like, I mean, our love and our care and our, you know, whatever, Um, not the spreadsheet that's due by end day or whatever. (laughs) Right. You know? Uh, It, It brings to mind, like, and I'll just throw it right back to you, but it brings to mind, like, like, that the the sort of balance or whatever of like maybe like codependence yeah independence and then like interdependence yes and and like the way when you said self self sufficiency is almost on the independent side of things it's not bad like none of them are bad but like interdependent right. is maybe the the more healthy on that sliding scale or whatever yeah, let's let's dive into that. That's actually uh, that's one of my favorite things to think about lately because mm-hmm. we like we we talk about nodes in the net and um, and I think that like new age culture, new age thinkers often say like you know set your boundaries. You're not responsible for anyone else's emotional experience, and they're not mm-hmm. responsible for yours. And they say like you know, you manifest your reality at all times. You're, you're solely radically responsible for everything Mm -hmm. you experience. And, you know, there's this like concept of like, you know, get away from codependency and, and, you know, stop, stop basing your self-worth on the emotional regulation of the people around you. And, and like, it doesn't matter whether they're happy, you can still feel like you're enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And I vibe with that as like, a pendulum swing away from the codependency that I was like, that I inherited because yes. I think it's, that's like the common inheritance in our culture. Um, but you know, that's the node in the net mm-hmm. and there's also the net, you know, there's, yeah. there's maybe like a toxic appreciation of the net that could be considered codependency where like you like you're saying you're doing it like unhealthily uh, right where it's like i don't know the definition of that is maybe it gets in the way of you experiencing a, a rich and full life or whatever mm-hmm. um but then there's you know maybe a way for the pendulum to sort of like swing back towards the middle and rest there or or fluctuate back and forth at all times and like mm. at one moment you're zoomed super in on yourself or or the person that you're talking to or whatever and then at another moment you're zoomed way out and you're experiencing you know the cosmic love of every living being or or whatever yeah. um i don't know what do you what do you think is is it like is it, uh, I guess the question is like, is it moderation where mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of like halfway invested in each or is it, is it like 
a full pendulum swing that you go on throughout the day. How do you know yourself as a node and as the net in at the yeah. same time? Oh, that's beautiful. Um, I, I think for me, well, it's almost like I can speak from different approaches and, and one is like, well, you know, almost like the conversation of, well, which is the right way, which is the right place to be at. And it's, it's a little bit of like, well, you can't just be somewhere. You have to have the experience that gets you from one. There's something about as, you know, there's a reason we use these terms of pendulum. Like mm. you, you're born into the world, your parents pick you up and it's not like, well, here, this is the right way to be here. It is. It's like, you know, well, my grandparents were hyper-dependent and I became codependent and da 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 It's like <laughs> right. over, internal overcorrection and all this and that and the other. And that's just the phenomenon of it. But like, but there is something about, um, and it's also relative, like, like what, what we might be describing as somewhere between independent and, 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 um, interdependent okay yeah in some other moment in some other culture would would be extremely codependent or you know it's like you know it's just it's so relative and you know what's the right way what's the healthy way and and that's part of it too is is that's all in the sauce in relation to all of the other beings and the culture and the society and so you find the you find the, the stuff that works and you be conscious of what's not working you be conscious of yourself, of other. I think for me, the way that it feels is, I think when you describe like, I think you use the term like, well, which, how much, how much do you give to each of these sort of areas or something like that or levels? And for me, it's, it's a mixture of everything to all of them at once. Um, and, <laughs> and, yeah. and nothing to any of them at once. Yeah. Um, because it's like, and, and for me, that's the, that's the part of it. Like, I think on a certain level, I experience on multiple tracks or something is maybe one way of framing it where I feel like me, I don't feel like I'm you. And yet I also feel like I'm us. Yeah. I also feel like I'm you <laughs> like, and so there's not one way for me to engage. I mean, sure. There's a moment, you know, of, of being more in one plate or what more in one perspective than the other. And it's obviously natural to me because at least as I perceive it, my consciousness is housed in this body or whatever. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little preferential in that way, but, but not mm. so much because, because I genuinely do feel like it's us. So, and, and it's a little bit of like, where I think codependent, what, what seems to me to be codependent behavior uh, can miss the mark is just in the fact that if it's the sort of thing like, well, I want, like maybe my brain is going, uh, Jeff maybe thinks I'm talking too much and I, and I want to, in my mind, I want to make sure that he knows that, that I appreciate him. So I want to hand him the microphone. Like if all these thoughts are going on in my mind, and it's a little bit out of fear. Well, he won't like me if I don't toss it back to him or something like this. Then that's not actual empathetic awareness of your experience. It's, it's responding to my fear of what might be going on. Right. Whereas what I do know is I do know what I'm experiencing and I can communicate that. And then 
you can be honest with you now. And I don't know, maybe you're very, maybe hyper dependent or hyper codependent, and maybe you won't be able to be honest with me or something like that. Yeah. But, but, but I can know from my experience. And so that's the part that's like, here's where I'm at. Here's my needs. Here's what I'm experiencing. I'm actually a little bit curious. Do you think I'm talking too much or whatever, uh, whatever the <laughs> thing might be. And then it's now you get to interact with me on that topic. And to me, that's, you know, or what are your needs or do you even care or, or, or whatever the stuff is. That's just how I, that's how I think of it anyway. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, first of all, you're not talking too much. <laughs> you're talking just the right amount. I'm loving it. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm super appreciative of like having you to talk to because, you know, I mean, I've, I've been thinking this since the first time I saw one of your TikToks. You're like one of the most awakened beings I've ever encountered. And so getting to, uh, getting to like run these ideas by you that I've like been developing since the last time we talked is like super valuable for me. And so I love to hear uh, what you have to say, uh, which I guess is maybe me like, uh, you know, speaking or like pantomiming, you know, doing the thing that you're, you're describing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but the, the one thing that I like wanted to pick up on from that is like this idea of uh, responding to the other person and their needs versus responding to the projection that you have and the story that you're telling about that projection and the emotional, uh, impact, I guess, or like experience of that, like arises as a result of the story. Mm. And, um, and I guess like what I kind of want to highlight about your answer that I thought was really beautiful is that it's like when you are in, I guess it's the now again, or like, you know, in relationship, there's like a, maybe a tenuous sort of ephemeral third thing that exists between us when we're talking that is like the relationship or the conversation or the connection mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm. And it exists only in the moment, uh, apart from both of our subjective experiences, there's like a thing that exists. That's like the balance between us and the, the give mm -hmm. and take and the, like, you know, the, the overarching container for all of us. And so um, what's cool, I guess, is like when you are, um, when you're in the space where you're interacting with the, like the container, which is comprised of both people and everything, like that's kind of, that's the appreciation of the node and the net. Mm. It, I, I really like that. And I've never, I've never actually thought about it that way, mm. but it's, um, yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. I, I feel like when you were saying something that Jonathan and Jonathan's who connected us, um, <laughs> used to say a lot in conversation and, and he was looking through the lens of sort of his, Mormon Christianity would would talk about um, where two or three are gathered. This yeah. sort of scripture that they're sort of like the implication that they're 
I am the spirit, the I am, the the, the special sauce, the net is yeah. in the midst. And I feel like that's kind of what you're referring to is that the con- the connection, the, the space between mm. um, is is a part of it that that like the relationship is almost the third person of this Trinity or whatever the, whatever the thing is. Um, And that's really beautiful. My mind is kind of dancing with some of these ideas and it is, it's something that I like that framing of it. I like playing with because it's like the almost thinking of, the air between us, the medium. I, I love saying things like, you know, uh, when we're speaking, it's this magical thing that that is like um, telepathy, where I'm wiggling the air with my tongue, and it's you know <laughs> traveling through the air, and and your ears pick it up, and your brain, it has an experience that is hopefully fairly close to the one that I'm trying to wiggle the air at you to have. Um, you know, in the use of my words and all of this, it's probably not exactly the same. There's, it'd be (laughs) very surprising if it was exactly the same, but the fact that we can continue to back and forth and both seem to experience having some coherency shows that probably we're getting enough through that, that, that at least translates in our own internal worlds. And, but it's like, it's bringing to name that, that space between that, you know, and for us in this moment, it's this, you know, amount of space and time and, and technology and whatever, all the pixels flying through the, the, the air and all of this, which is yeah, so fantastic. And, and, and at the same time, not really much more magical than if you were sitting across the couch from me and we were wiggling the air between us. Like it's still, yeah, it's a little bit more magic, but it's already extremely magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is that what is what is that that we're wiggling you know i love that term i think that's a perfect way to describe it because you know if there is a field of soul that is like the soul soup mm-hmm. then uh like maybe me wiggling my tongue and therefore wiggling the air and you know that's like traveling through our devices and wiggling the air where you are like, mm-hmm. that's kind of the mechanism, but the actual thing that's occurring, it seems like is the soul field wiggling. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that the, the soul field is like detached from uh, time and space, you know, mm-hmm. this, this is the way it's talked about. And so it like, it doesn't really matter that we're, however far apart, I don't actually know where you live, but like the, uh, the wiggling just kind of like <laughs> the, the resonant frequencies of my brain waves, yeah. uh, you know, when I'm like incepting my ideas into your head are, mm. are causing them to just the same way that if you like sing a certain note around a tuning fork, it starts to vibrate yes. or, or the same way that, if you like sing a, you know, the resonant frequency of a glass, you can shatter it. Like yeah. that's a result of it wiggling at the same frequency that you're wiggling the air. And yes. so there's like this, this idea that I've been playing with a lot where like, if I can just resonate at like a love frequency, mm. 
can I get the people around me to wiggle the same way, mm-hmm. you know? And then is that kind of the, the, um, you know, that, the attitude to take the, the, yeah. way, to, the way to, uh, you know, I mean, there's no, yeah. I, obviously I, I feel like I have to defend myself. Like, yes, I know there's no wrong way to do it, but <laughs> doesn't this kind of seem like a cool way to do it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I, I think about that kind of thing a lot too, just, and, and there's so many ways of communication, you know, there's so much, I think we, we often, we don't give a lot of credence to just, you know, all of the nonverbal communication, all of the, just like the effect of just even like, there's an effect, there's a cultural meaning to things. There's something about the, just what you're wearing or just Mm. there's everything says something. I mean, it doesn't necessarily say what you want it to say, but there's a meaning there, you know, there's a, or there's, there's interpreted meanings. There's something about, all of this stuff, uh, both, both speech and non-speech. And, and the other part for me that, that, that brings into play is the way that I sort of think about each human's mind in terms of, it's like an ecosystem of thought forms. And, you know, there's all these ideas in my mind and, and because, ideas flow so easily between us there's we probably have a similar uh mental emotional ecosystem compared to some um you know not everyone could hop on and have the same conversation um Mm. but but same way you know someone else might be doing a car podcast right now and we just wouldn't know much about what they're saying we wouldn't fit into the to that ecosystem or whatever of their mind but there's something about um like certain things that if I just set out of the blue, it just, it, it, it wouldn't wiggle through the air into your uh, internal uh, world or universe. And the, the, the thought form just wouldn't survive. It would just die out. There would be nothing for it to feed on in a way. And, and yet right. alternatively, you know, there's probably been things between us that we've said already that, that it's like, Oh, that idea now lives here, uh, rent free, so to speak, um, and, and is doing things. It's experiencing things now in this world that it wasn't. It's having an impact on the flora and the fauna, the environment, the universe. Here is now changing just a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm grateful to you for changing my universe, Otto. Like <laughs> this, uh, you know, the the car podcasts environment uh, is probably a, a super fun one as well. And I'm sure that like they talk about like carburetors and they know what a carburetor is. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, it might as well be a flux capacitor. But like... <laughs> uh, but the, the environment that we share, which is like really incredible that we uh, are able to communicate in the same language with such efficiency and such effectiveness. Um, because like, 
I, I, we haven't really talked much in, in a while. Yeah. Like I would love to talk with you more cause we're just so on the same page. It feels like, mm. and, uh, and it's just a joy to encounter someone who is, you know, like out there doing their thing and like, uh, just it reinforces, I guess, the the sense that my, um, you know, wiggles my my thought vibrations and stuff are like valid, you know, mm. to mm. to uh, to get to like talk with someone who like you know, holds, holds space for them and, and reflects them back and, and riffs off them and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, I really appreciate you. Uh, this, thanks again for, for being a node again, mm-hmm. uh, a node once more, uh, and, and a node at all times, even when you're not on the podcast. Um, do you want to, do you want to bring it back to the nine of pentacles for closing thoughts, abundance, luxury, self-sufficiency, uh, yeah, I think to, I don't know, just to recognize the, it can be hard. I think part of our culture right now, all of the isms and all of the, all of that, it can be hard to, as a human on this earth in this moment, to recognize the, the luxury uh, inherent in you, the internal luxury, the beauty, the, the, mm. I mean, almost, you know, Jesus saying something like, behold, the lilies of the field, uh, uh, they're, they're clothed more beautifully than, than Solomon and the Kings and all of their beauty and, and, and the birds of the air and, and how much more even you. And, mm. we don't really look at ourselves this way, just like, you know, the, the, the mother who's always looking in the mirror and feeling not enough. Like we use those feelings of not enough to motivate us to be more, to be competitive, to be extra. And, and we often don't recognize just the beauty of just you just naked in your house with mess everywhere or whatever's going on. (laughs) What a beautiful being you are. What a gorgeous like manifestation of of eons of of life that is mm. incredible like we don't give ourselves enough credit and and we and and part of it is like well no one else gives me enough credit i've got to work so hard and all of the that things like like you're amazing even if no one else gives you any even if you can't find anyone to give you a hey you you're special like you're amazing. You're a once in a lifetime thing, occurrence. It's gorgeous. And that luxury is whether you're the richest man in the world or like literally nothing or, and again, even the name auto means wealth. I found out afterwards, like it's, Mm. there's that internal awareness of, of riches or that's how I'm playing with it. Like, yeah. mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Hell yes. Hell yes. Uh, Otto, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, do you, is there anything that you want me to uh, link for there? Anything you want to call out? Anything you're working on? No, just uh, if you want shenanigans, visit my TikTok page and I don't know, maybe more to come, maybe less to come. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'll, I'll link that in the show notes for sure. Cool. 
you're you're a wonderful <laughs> TikTok creator. You know, like bring bringing some some light to that platform is is much appreciated and much needed. Thank you. Maybe another time um, we can chat. I wanted to. Um, I do actually. I'm playing with. I don't. I don't know that it'll get beyond play, but I I've been playing with. Um, what what some idea for some kind of podcast, but very low low effort. Um, something like conversations with the cosmic collective, or something Ooh. in that kind of realm, where you know, there's a lot of times where I'll maybe just pick up the phone and you know, I will have reached out to someone on TikTok or something, and you know, maybe have an hour long phone call, and you know, I'd obviously have to let them know ahead of time that maybe I'm recording this, but just keeping it really <laughs> simple. But yeah. a lot of times it's like, I've never met this person. This person's never met me. But often there's just this really beautiful, fascinating experience, you know, a lot like, like what we have. And uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you have any suggestions or whatever. Yeah, let's, let's connect. I'll, I'll send cool. you a text message right after this. Awesome. Um, and we'll, we'll figure that out. I want to I facilitate this in whatever way I can. Cool. And hopefully I get to be on it. If you're definitely <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I would love to help. Uh, cool. cool. Otto. Thank you so much. Thank Have you. a good rest of your week. You too. Love Cheers. you, man. Love you.